Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Greg Kimbrell from the stretch. He brings it. Swinging a bouncer back to the mound. Kimbrell's got it. Throws to first. Cubs win. The Chicago Cubs win the ball game. It was something off speed. Winker tried to check. Accidentally hit a ground ball halfway between the plate and the mound. Kimbrell came in calmly, barehanded the ball, fired to Bryant, and the Cubs win again. You just kind of hold your breath during one to nothing games while they're occurring. Yeah, and the Cubs did complete it yesterday. A one nothing win over the Cincinnati Reds. Pat Hughes with the call right here on 670 to score. Mark Grody with you until the start of Cubs pregame. Cubs and Reds at 1245. Edward Alzali, good enough yesterday. The David Bodie home run might have been the best Cubs home run of the year because it was through a 40-mile-per-hour wind to the left field basket, 110.3 exit velocity. How about the launch? The launch means something in this case. 21-degree launch angle. He put it right where you had to put it to make that a home run, slams it in the basket, one nothing Cubs in the fifth inning, and then you hold on. You hold, you, nev- you just never expect one to nothing to stick, but it I'll, I'll be damned if it didn't yesterday. It sure did. Um, the, the Cubs pen, again, very good yesterday with Andrew Chafin and ultimately Craig Kimbrell doing the one, two, three save. In, that's a big save, man. The one to nothing save is a little little something extra. And that was save number 12 on the season for Craig. 360 of his career. And Craig Kimbrell's ERA right now, 0.82. That's about where you want it if you are a closer. You kind of don't want to give you kind of don't want to have an ERA at all if you are a closer. So that's about where it should be if you are a a closer worth the money he is making 0.82 for Craig Kimbrell. And so the Cubs today rematch with the Reds, a 120 game. Like I said, 12:45 pregame. Zach Davies against Luis Castillo today. Um, and I tell you what, why don't we go to the ballpark and bring in somebody who covers the Cubs every day for a living. He is Gordon Whitmire of NBC Sports Chicago. You could read his stuff right there, NBCSportsChicago.com. Gordon, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Mark. What's happening, man? It's, uh, things are good out here. Excellent. And how, how did it, did you feel the difference having 60% or, or was there truly 18,000 fans there yesterday in, in the windy cold or, or not? Uh, I don't know. It was cold. I didn't go to the ballpark yesterday. 
<laughs> good, good for you. Good for you, man. I mean, um, honestly, I, I was on that last road trip, so I, I was uh, I had a rare day off. But I'm totally back get it, man. Out. I like I like this. Uh, oh yeah, yes, that that makes all the difference. It really does because when that sun goes away, it can be miserable at baseball games, and then you're just blanketing, and that's not right. I've been asking the question, Gordon, to to Cubs fans today. Very simple question, and that is: at the Cubs are obviously 28 and 22, half game back of the Cards in the division. Are the Cubs good? And and that's the question I'm, I'm asking you: Are the Cubs good, or are they hot right now, Gordon? The Cubs are good, and I think everybody thought roughly that much coming into the season. The bigger question is, are they great? Can they do anything in October? And uh, I think that what we've seen uh, on the pitching staff in the bullpen is very encouraging. We had no idea what direction Craig Kimbrell was going to go. Now we know, and he's got the track record that suggests, obviously, this is not some kind of a fluke or aberration. This is his career track. So he's back. He's on track. He's doing what he's always done in his career that may, may someday lead to the Hall of Fame. So I think you can trust that. The other sort of question coming in, or maybe it wasn't even a question because it might not have been on a lot of people's radar, is that some young pitchers have come up in the system, in from the system, Justin Steele, who's now on the I.L. with a hamstring, and yeah. Keegan Thompson, and have really, really freaking performed. Um, that cannot be overestimated in terms of the value to that bullpen that is one has become one of the best in the league. I think they've got some depth out there. I think they've got some different, different repertoires out there. I think they've got power out there. I think that bullpen is for real with health this year. And I think the lineup is showing you what we thought they could do. I don't think that lineup was ever going to be a problem per se. And, and it certainly isn't. And we know they can catch and throw the ball. The big question is the rotation. They do not have a championship caliber rotation. And I don't care how good they're pitching in May. This is not a rotation that you can trust in October as is. And furthermore, beyond just the quality of it as an October rotation, you have guys like Alzali who's got the best stuff of anybody in that bullpen, who is going to be most susceptible to the fact that they're coming off a 60-game season and expected to pitch a full season. He had 21 innings last year. He's he's a guy that's never had a full-season workload in his life. He's the guy who, if you keep him in this rotation and he keeps performing at some point, you're going to have to lessen the load on him, if not shut him down just for the sheer workload, and that could be devastating. They need more pitching. Wow, I hadn't even thought about that, the the Alzali shutdown or skipping starts. And, and yeah, he, he while he hasn't been – I wouldn't put the word great behind him. He has certainly been promising at I times think he's this been great. year. I think oh, he's really? been great. I, if you look at his whip, his, uh, he's not putting guys on base. Um, his, his ERA skews high because of inherited runner scored in, in essentially two starts. You take that out of there, and, and he's right there with uh, the best of the rest of the rotation in terms of the ERA. And all the other numbers, all the other peripherals are there, and the stuff is there. I, I, think, I think he's the best guy in their rotation going right now. Now, that said, Hendricks seems to be back too, and, and that's another guy you trust in October uh, because he's been there and, and he's, he's a big game guy, a veteran. Alzali, you would think you could trust because he's just got the stuff and, and he's showing poise as a young guy. Okay. So 
Let, let's stay on the, the, the starting rotation and this not being necessarily right now an October-type rotation. And the obvious thing to come back to is is you Darvish and the fact that they traded him. How do you think that, like, Jed Hoyer and maybe even Tom, like, how are they compartmentalizing that at this point? Are they regretting it, or did they do what they felt they had to do with, with Darvish? Look, that was an ownership thing. That was okay. ownership saying, whack this payroll and save us money. And that was the best way to do it quickly and possibly still sort of leverage to get the, the most, at least in volume, in a package back and still kind of keep some semblance of a full team intact that could at least, in a best-case scenario, compete in a division that didn't look all that formidable. So th- that's what they've done, and that's who they are. Uh, but you're absolutely right to focus on Darvish because that's the missing piece. If they had Darvish and health, <laughs> then this is a – the way the league looks right now – this is a team that could at least win a series in October with him and, and, and maybe with a little bit of uh, you know, getting hot at the right time and everybody being healthy and maybe, uh, you know, the break or two that you always need in the postseason could, could, could be really scary in October. But it's not, it's not at all scary now. And you, I think you said it right. The, Cub, the Cubs at the beginning, the Cubs good but not great if <laughs> – would would Jed Hoyer like what is it going to take for what is Jed Hoyer thinking right now? Is he thinking I need to see this team get great before I would not eliminate pieces or add pieces, or is he going to do what he was going to do from the beginning anyway? What what do you think Jed Hoyer might be thinking about this ball club right now and the trade deadline? I, I, there's there's two things that go into this, and one of them let's pretend like this is july 10th right now and they're roughly where they are right now on july 10th let's just fast forward to there um one of the parts of the equation is the eye test the numbers will tell you one thing and you can you can dive as deep as you want into the numbers and the standings and the schedules and everything else but what's the eye test tell you that's going to be something that he looks long and hard at in 2017 eight or nine months after winning the the most celebrated world series in major league history they were within a week of blowing this team up. Theo admitted that publicly a number of times after the fact. They got into July. They got to the All-Star break. Uh, two games under 500, five and a half games out of first. And they added, we know they added Quintana uh, at the All-Star break. But even within that, Quintana was viewed as a long-term asset because he had that team-friendly contract and a number of years left on it. Had they finished July poorly, they would have blown up that blown up that team in the sense of short-term assets. Uh, Arietta probably would have been gone. Wade Davis mm-hmm. would have been gone, and wow. they wouldn't have they 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 wouldn't have been a, uh, allowed to really be a contender. And what happened? They got hot instead. They kept it together. They added a couple more pieces, and they wound up uh, in the NLCS again. That's kind of what you're looking at. Uh, what's the eye test tell you if they're close? If they're kind of hanging in there? If they're in first game first place by a game or so, if they're in second second place, a game out or so, uh, what does the eye test tell you that they can be factors in the long term? That's one thing. Then the other thing is this, and this is the more tangible thing that everybody can look at and just watch what happens. June is a friggin' gauntlet of a schedule. Most of it's on the road. There's three, one, two, three. There's four 
uh, road trips, road city uh, series on the West Coast, or you know, one of them's Arizona uh, West, and those are those tend to be very tough and brutal on on this team and others from this region and East, uh, even uh, even in good seasons. So, and and regardless of the strength of those teams out West, and you, the Dodgers are are one of those four teams. The Padres are another one. Those are two of the best teams in baseball. So. How they survive June is pretty close to everything in terms of the direction they go at the deadline. So just, uh, I mean, just enjoy uh, June for the roller coaster that it's going to be, and and see whether you're still keeping your cookies in your stomach at the end of that ride. <laughs> that that will be an interesting month, and I guess that I mean. You're, you're right. That gauntlet is a good word. I feel like that they have passed a couple of tests. But did they sweep? Did they sweep the Dodgers or, or win that series? They did sweep they, the Dodgers, and it was the most unlikely, yeah. uh, probably the most unlikely scenario in the world. Vegas probably lost a bundle on that. No doubt. And they they had their they best pitchers good. going, and the, and the Cubs um, the Cubs didn't. To be to be honest, yeah, and, uh, Hendricks was in that one, but uh, it, the pitching matchups did not look like they favored the Cubs, and they probably got. They probably benefited from, well, maybe benefited, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but uh, they had a rain out in a doubleheader that turned into two seven inning games, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they, yeah, so they get that sweep. They win the Cardinals. So they pass a couple of tests, but you're right. This, this is, June is going to be the bitch for sure for the Cubs. Last question I want to ask you, Gordon, how, how, uh, how do you evaluate the job that David Ross has done and how is it different from last year, if at all? Um, I, I, somebody asked me this the other day. They said, what do you think the two managers in town? I said, well, I can speak for David Ross. I don't know if the other guy knows the rules. Um, but uh, I think he's done a really good job. And here's how, I, here's how I put it to somebody else. You alluded to this already with the Darvish move. Look, this is the Cubs' issues. I won't even call them problems. I'll just say issues this season All right. are from the ownership level. It's from the cost-cutting. Uh, and, and it – they were probably going to roughly cost cut anyway, just because they were at the luxury tax level before that and all that, but they dramatically cut. And that meant getting rid of you Darvish. And it also meant, it also meant getting a late start on adding anybody because the budget projections changed. So Jed has dealt with this hand, this less than perfect hand that he's been dealt from ownership. And I think if you look at the roster he's put together under the circumstances, you have to kind of like it. I mean, Jake Marisnik's on the IL, but God, he was uh, playing his ass off until then. Matt Duffy, same thing. These guys were key parts of your success when other guys were either hurt or not producing. Jock Peterson had a miserable April, but he's been amazing since he's come back um, from his stint on the IL in May. Um, Brian's been an MVP contender from the start. Javi Baez is hit for power from the start, and now he's doing even more, and he's, he's starting to shake some of these early uh, hampering, you know, these, these injuries that have kind of hampered him a little bit. And, and Rizzo, is, he's got a back issue again, um, but he's been, he's been showing signs before that of kind of becoming Rizzo again, uh, being the same guy he's always been. So, but the, these pieces that they added – um, and, and, and some of the pieces in the bullpen have really been uh, – they've done a good job of putting those pieces together. And then in turn, Ross has dealt with this hand that Jed's handed him, which doesn't include Darvish. 
it, it includes a, a different cast of characters on the bench and, and in the bullpen. And I think he's done a really good job. I mean, there have been times when you say, well, did he leave a guy in too long? Did he, did he, did he have too quick a hook on this guy? Um, but on balance, it's really worked well. And I also think that as I think he's a guy who has, in some cases, admitted when he hasn't necessarily made all the – make spot on perfect decisions, but also learn from it. He's becoming a better manager every week and month that he does this job. And maybe, maybe going through what he did last year as a first year manager in the strangest season in the history of baseball, yeah. uh, you know, has, has somehow steeled him or, 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 or prepared him in, in a way you know, to, to approach this season um, with even better perspective. So I think he's done a good job. Yeah, I, I largely agree with that. And you, you start to see the, the real David Ross coming out, I think, more more and more and getting away from that the whole Grandpa Rossi thing and being buds with some of the players on the team, which he is. But you see, you see that I'm seeing the separation of powers from, from my seat watching on television a little bit more this year. But Gordon... You are the goods. Thanks for coming on on game day, man. I know you got a game to cover here in about an hour, so I will let you go do that. Thanks, brother. Oh, you got it, man. Anytime. All right, that Take is care. Gordon Whitmire of NBC Sports Chicago, regular contributor here on The Score. Hear him a lot on the, the Mully and Haw show, and very cool of him to pick up the phone today. We're just, just trying to get hold of him today, and he was like, yeah, man, I'll come on. Close to uh, game time. Cubs! And the Reds, 12.45 is the pre. So that leaves me just enough time for what Mark heard, and it's going to be a bonanza because I have bears to start. A couple of great things from Mike Lombardi, who was also on the, the Mully and Haw show, and talking about Justin Fields. So let's get into a little Justin Fields talk. We will talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. There is a conflict that Rosenblum and I have with another show on the score. We will bring that to you. And travel team baseball parents, oh, man, you might be wasting your time. Stay tuned for that. What Mark Heard is next. It's a solo Grody show on Rosenblum and Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. That I have heard this week, mostly on the score that I found interesting that we will all listen to and I will react to. And uh, you could add your input, too, if you would like, at 312-644-6767. I am Mark Grody, here with you until 1245. That's when Cubs pregame with Zach Zabin takes over Cubs and the Reds. To be called by Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer, Zach Davies making the first pitch at 120. A struggling Luis Castillo going for the Cincinnati Reds in this game. Cubs looking for two in a row in this series and six in a row overall for the surprisingly good... Chicago Cubs, who are 28 and 22, a half game back of St. Louis. All right. Mike Lombardi was a guest on Mullen Haw. And as you know, or may not know, the, the Bears do have their, their first set of OTAs next week. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is when full team is expected to be out at Hallis Hall practicing for three days. The media, we will be allowed to be there on Wednesday. I am planning on being present to watch Justin Fields and to see how see how it is all how it goes down between the two quarterbacks. And Matt Nagy already told us that Andy Dalton is the first string quarterback, meaning he will get first team reps out in those OTAs and presumably in minicamp and who knows what happens in training camp in late July. But let's listen to what Mike Lombardi of Odyssey Sports, former GM of the Cleveland Browns, said to Molly and Haw about reps and splitting it up between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields right now. The chief executive officer of the football team, the head coach, his main responsibility is to figure out who gets reps. And who gets those reps is based on who we think can develop into a potential starter, who's going to start and carry the team. And how do I give those guys reps? This is where Nick Foles is going to have to be cast aside. Because you can't give Nick Foles reps and take him away from Justin Fields, who you think the more reps he gets, the better off he'll be. So what really has to happen is there's got to be a 50-50 split in terms of the reps. Because Fields needs them all. He can't get them all. Dalton needs some, too. The odd man out is going to be Foles. And I would go to camp, and I would make sure that, that, that Fields got at least as many reps as Dalton, and then he got every single rep after practice, allotting to the time that you're allowed to stay on the field and spend as much time as you possibly can getting him up to speed and then making sure you understand there's five or six things he does really well and make sure that's part of the offense every week. Oh, yeah, Nick Foles. Yeah, and I I agree with Mike Lombardi is saying there, like at least right now in OTAs and minicamp and training camp, 
50-50 for sure. I mean, once the season starts, the way it works is the starter is going to get everything and the, the backup gets pushed way to the side because it's crucial and the, the short amount of practices that teams actually have during a week, the the backup quarterback is truly the afterthought. But right now, it in this whatever it is, I, I don't nobody has used the word quarterback competition, but it kind of feels like a quarterback comp. Like if Justin Fields passes the the tests that Matt Nagy has not made public, like what the actual criterion are for, we'll we'll know it when we see it. If he passes those tests, then Justin Fields will be the starter on September 12th. But for now, and I agree that Andy Dalton needs a lot of it too, but I, I actually agree with my, what Mike Lombardi said, 50-50, and he is not a guy that I've always agreed with, Mike Lombardi, who doesn't have Mitchell Trubisky to kick around anymore. So it's going to be interesting. Say, what's like he going to talk about now? <laughs> I know. I, I, You know what? It's pretty amazing that I found something very interesting from him in regards to the repetitions and the quarterbacks. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there. I, I was not able to go to the rookie minicamp because I was back in the studio hosting. So I, I have not seen Justin Fields in person. I will be doing that on Wednesday and reporting right here on The Score for you. All right, one more from Mike Lombardi. Um, and he talks about th- one of the things that this will allow – Justin Fields to do and to become as a more perfect thrower of the football. Are there mechanical issues that need to be solved before he can play in the NFL? You know, I think that's one of the biggest concerns you had about him. I mean, his, his arm, it's a loose arm uh, that lacks sometimes he can control it. He's a stepper, which means he really has to have a pocket wide clean for him to step into throws. And so those are things that he's going to have to really work on his mechanics and change how he throws the football. I think that was one of the concerns that, that people had. I, I talked about it on my podcast quite often, and I said if, if Tom Brady were to watch, Tom Brady was a, is a scientist when it comes to throwing the football. I mean, he's worked on it much like Phil Mickelson's worked on his golf swing. He continues to tinker with it and, and really spend time on it, and he's really taught me a lot about the mechanics of throwing the football, which is an area scout or a director of personnel or a general manager. Sometimes you get caught up in not really understanding the essence of it. And Brady spent a lot of time teaching it to everybody. And if and I've said this on my pod, if Brady were to watch Justin throw the ball, he would change his mechanics. Now, you know, we'll see how quickly that can adapt because much like a golf swing, it's got to be able to hold up under pressure. You know, you can change your golf swing and go out and hit a bucket of balls. It looks good. You know, you're in the, you're in the final round of the Masters. You've got to make sure it holds up. And I think that's the question mark. But I think for Justin Fields, look, we all have opinions on Justin Fields, right? Everybody has opinions. You know, Mel Kuyper, Adam is his best quarterback other than Trevor Lawrence, whatever it is, all right? Now's not the time to go back over the opinions. Now's the time to watch him play, see what happens, and let him, let him see what he can do and see what he improves his game. You got Mike Lombardi talking about mechanics as it pertains to Justin Fields. I'll say this about, like, there's actually not many quarterbacks – in the NFL who you look at and say they have perfect mechanics, like, oh, my God, look at that, except for maybe Tom Brady and, and a few others that we could go through. But there are also very successful quarterbacks throughout the history of the league and presently in the league that have had sloppy mechanics and have gotten away with it. You don't, you're always looking to make that more perfect, and I hope it does get to that point. But first and foremost, you just want Justin Fields to 
be comfortable in doing what he needs to do to be effective. And if, yeah, if they could tweak some things without changing who he is, then then that's great. So when I, I know that when people hear mechanics with quarterback, like people get nervous. I don't as much just because I've seen too many quarterbacks that have not like some don't throw perfect spirals. Some have poor mechanics and some are successful without it. Some because of poor mechanics are bad, but it, you know, that doesn't scare me as much as it does other people. And of course, these are things that, that can be tweaked and potentially changed with Justin Fields, but not devastating if they are not. So that's, Mike Lombardi, let's continue on with what Mark heard here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Kurt Warner was on with my guy Anthony Heron the other night, and Anthony asked him about the mess in Green Bay. They're always such difficult situations when, you know, you're just seeing something completely from the outside. And I'm with you, Anthony, where it's like, okay, how do you get to this point with, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, a guy that's been the face of your franchise, that has been the best player in the league uh, or one of over the last decade plus. You know, how, how does it ever get to that point where he doesn't feel appreciated? Um, I, I'm not really sure. And then to get to the point where he's basically making the statement or, you know, again, he hasn't made the statement, but we've heard the statement, you know, I'm, I'm not coming back to play there. Um, it is fascinating that it can get to that point. But you like to think that if it could get to that point on one side, there's something that can be done to, you know, to, to cross that out, to wipe that out, and get back on right terms with a, you know, future Hall of Famer and, and your franchise guy. Uh, but this has been fascinating for the last few weeks to see this play out, uh, to hear kind of both sides uh, that they are definitely at odds. But you, you sit back and go, there's no way, right? There's no way that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing for the Green Bay Packers next year. Is there? And, and we're all sitting here, and it's what drives <laughs> our game, right? It's 365, 24-7. You never know what's going to happen, and it's given us a lot of drama. I hope Aaron stays there because of their team, because of what he's meant to uh, to that organization and all of those things. But we've seen it. How many times have we seen it in this league? The Peyton Manning's gone. Tom Brady, gone. So, Aaron Rodgers, I guess, could be gone. I just, I, I just can't wrap my head around how Green Bay allows that to happen. I think Aaron is a pro, and uh, you know, if you keep him there for his teammates and everything that's on, I think he shows up and he plays and he's going to compete. We know that. Um, so I just think if you're Green Bay, you've got to say, see this thing play out and hope that you can work it out so Aaron Rodgers is behind center for you guys. That's Kurt Warner on with Anthony Heron on the score the other night while he's saying that, that they've got to figure out a way Bears fans are sitting back and rubbing their hands together and saying, burn, interpersonal conflict, fire. It's It, it really brings out the worst in us, doesn't it? Like we're, we're watching that and we're like as human beings, we are openly hoping for the worst. <laughs> like we want Brian Gutekunst to screw up. We want Aaron Rodgers to say bad things. Like it, it's hilarious what we're allowed to do as people in sports and sports fans to I was, actually hope for the worst. I, I was making a list the other day of top 10 Bears moments in my lifetime with a buddy. And Ooh. at number three, coming in at number three, is if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers left the Packers. 
<laughs> that would mean bad, bad things happen to fellow human beings. And since it, it is within the confines of the protection of sports, it's okay to wish the worst on somebody. And that's what we have done to Aaron Rodgers and a fan base and a team and a general manager. Burn! All right. Speaking of conflict, Rosenblum and I, so it seems, have a conflict with another show jockeying for a guest, and that guest would be Ryan Sandberg, with whom I did some post-game shows and feel like I have a decent relationship with Sam. I could totally call Ryan Sandberg whenever I want. But Rhino has become associated with a marijuana product as a spokesperson, like a paid spokesperson for that company. And so naturally, one should think of Rosenblum and I because of the WB-ness and all that stuff that we like to play it around with. Well, I, I was just tuning into our afternoon show like sometimes I do with Parkins and Spiegel, and they were talking about the same thing. I was listening to the Suckage this weekend. It was great. They were trying to get, I love that they're show. trying to get studs to get uh, Ryan Sandberg on because of the you know the oh that's the show he should yes, go on exactly. We like to think of ourselves as the weed show, but I that's know. really the weed show. I had that moment too. I was like, yeah, that is kind of selfish of us to, to want him and try and put him on. They should definitely get him. First. I, I, is, is he talking Di- about it? No. Disagree. Good luck trying to get him to respond to your text. <laughs> Guy's Especially if you lead with that. And, and all of a sudden, he doesn't want to come in at any shows. Picked up some hair, found himself a vape pen. Doesn't God, want to dude. take part anymore. He was doing some autograph thing in River North yesterday or Saturday, like signing autographs for people. His first cool. official Verilife campaign, but he won't come on the radio show. He's a good dude. Ron He's a good Sandberg. dude. We'll get him on. Get him on. Talk about his weed business. I'm going to text him again. Yeah, text him Do again. It. Tell him. And if he, if it's Saturday's better, we can hand him to the suckage. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I love it. He's like, good teammate, David Hall. I love Saturday <laughs> suckage. <laughs> That's terrible. They, Rhino. Yeah, yeah, it was Rhino during Pick a Player. Remember that when he, for, for U.S. presidents? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, not a great performance by, by, by the Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, a couple of things here. So there you go, Rhino. You hear the afternoon show? They're, they're kind of ripping on you a little bit. And, uh, hey, it's Mark Grody here. Um, you know, Shane, he does return my text messages. I had him on the air, what was it, like the three weeks ago? I, I had him on on one of the evening shows. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, at this you know point, what? at this yeah. point, I say we just go for it. If they're going to oh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, if they're going to try to FaceTime us. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. It's on. Like, I... I talked to Rosenblum this week, and I, I originally I thought he was, Stevie was going to be with us. Stevie comes on for Stevie's only got time to come on with us when we do the full shows. That's that's what's going on here. So when I do these shorties solo, I was like, no, I gotta ha- I gotta have Rhino on when Rosenblum is here. So it could have been this Saturday. I think we have the full boat next week. So maybe Rhino, do. who does return my text messages. Um, it's pretty hilarious because I grew up watching Sandberg like as a junior high kid, and now when I occasionally text with Rhino and he like LOL something, like I'm like that's just hilarious. Like when you really think about it. Um, do we have time for the final cut? We don't have time no, for we the don't. final yeah, cut. Just All right, you. all right, no worries. Uh, we will. Guess what? I'm gonna be back on on Monday. That'll be Memorial Day. That is two days from right now, from 7 a.m. until 12:30. That's five and a half hours with Steve Rosenblum. And uh, so I can. I had w- one more thing that I w- had wanted to play, and it was regarding baseball parents and travel team parents that maybe you're wasting your money. So, hey, hey, 
to be continued into my Monday show when Steve Rosenblum there returns. Is, so, there is something yes. that I wanted to actually react to in what Decker said, and you guys can play the full thing on Monday if you want, yeah. of course. But when he's talking about you know travel ball and playing Little League, like when he was 14 years old, he talks about how he got hurt playing, and or like he tore his UCL or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like, like I see, like, I, it's not quite to the extent that Cody Decker was experiencing, I don't think, but, like, my nephew plays a lot of Little League, and he's really good, so he should be playing. Sure. And, but, like, he did something to his arm last year. I can't remember if he broke something in his arm. He basically was throwing and, like, broke something in his arm because he threw too hard or something like that. And I was like, okay, he doesn't pitch that often anyway. Like, I don't think he should ever pitch again. Like, because he's primarily a catcher. He's already throwing enough, throwing his arm out doing that. Why is he ever pitching? Like, why, what are we doing with this kid? So, but he's not my kid. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really what it comes down to. That I've mastered that as well. I have nieces and nephews. I just don't want him to like, you know, because he's got a really good chance of playing in college, I think. So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, let's preserve the arm here. He's well, not going to be a pitcher in college. His future's a yeah. catcher. You know, that's, that's all I'm saying. Well, there's that. And then the gist was from Cody Decker was that it's it's a waste of money, like, to having doing that much traveling and going into different states and the equipment. and it, Like, it's a scam, basically, is what he says. So we'll get more into that on, uh, on Monday. But thank you for listening. Great calls, great text messages. Thanks to Gordon Whitmire for coming on. Thanks to Adam Sadzinski for producing the show. Cubs baseball is next Cubs and Reds on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score later. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.